0: Welcome to Once Upon a Time in Niebuhr.
1: Hello and welcome everybody to Once Upon a Time in Niebuhr by the two film dudes. I'm Gustavs,
0: And I'm Ali. And every two weeks, me and Gustav, we pick a movie to analyze, rip and tear and dissect and... Uh, we just have a bunch of fun with it. We talk about the movie for about roughly 40 minutes, and you know each of us come up with different questions and topics we discuss. And then at the end of the podcast, what we do is we rate the po- movie from a scale of 1 to 35 in honor of the 35mm film stock. We are two students based in Nubo, Denmark, and we have named the podcast in honor of Quentin Tarantino's latest movie, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Both of us are really uh, cinema geeks, cinephiles. We love movies and we're happy to have you here listening to us to rant about movies that we love. And today's episode is Gustav's.
1: It's about The Big Lebowski by the Cohen brothers, Joel Cohen and Ethan Cohen. Probably their most popular, like, uh, just cult movie. Uh, it's an absolute classic. It's uh, 1998 starring Jeff Bridges as the dude, uh, as The Big Lebowski. Uh, as the film's title suggests. And um, yeah, let's just like kick it off. Ollie, when did you first watch this absolute fun movie?
0: Unfortunately, I broke my brain by watching this movie at the age of 14. Um, That's not in a bad way though, I love this movie. But I watched this, I, I don't think I was at the right age to completely fully appreciate this movie. So I always kind of had like a weird feeling about it. I liked the movie a lot, but like, I never really understood it until I rewatched it uh, a couple days ago. And my God, it is even better the second time around. It is, it, it's, it's, it's a lot. And I've never screamed the words, what the fuck more in an hour, in two hours in my entire life. But it's a great movie my opinion. What about you? When did you first see? I,
1: I actually first saw it this year, start of this year. Uh, it was January or February, I think. I first watched it. And uh, yeah, and then I just rewatched it today for the podcast. And uh, both times were pretty similar as to how I how much I loved the movie. You know, it wasn't my first Coen Brothers movie at all. I have seen No Country for Old Men. I've seen uh, Oh Brother, Where Art though. I had seen Fargo all of which uh, I loved you know the Coen brothers those guys really have like a sense for good movies they're very they have a very unique style and they are more on like what the fuck uh, side of hollywood you know they're they're sort of they're sort of in the middle between like normal cinema and, like charlie kaufman or like some some something really weird uh they yeah as i said they have a really unique style to express themselves but I, I, I have really sort of developed a good liking for their style. You know, they aren't afraid to do anything, and they have this very comedic approach to cinema, but also this very philosophical and serious approach to cinema. And, you know, you can really understand that these two guys, these two brothers... Um, The Coen brothers, they they appreciate cinema and cinema is really important for them. And I feel like they're really happy to leave their mark on cinema with uh, these awesome movies that they make.
0: Yeah, I mean, same. I've seen I've seen a lot of Coen brother movies. And, you know, this one has to be my favorite. One of my favorites, I'd have to say, you know, it's up there with like No Country for Old Men and uh, Fargo. Uh, But wow, this movie really... It takes you, it takes you through a roller, co- like, I would say this movie takes you through a really exciting roller coaster, but at the end, you sort of get nothing and everything simultaneously.
1: I mean, I, I feel like you're supposed to get nothing, though, because of, you know, the nihilism, obviously. I mean, the whole movie, it's, it's about, it's about, <laughs> you know, this movie, it's... It's really one that you like, you can, you can just watch the movie for the fun of it and not unpack it. But I feel like if you start to unpack it, there's so much to unpack. Like there's so many, there's so many layers of meanings in this movie. And I don't think like I can fully comprehend any of them. Like I I can try to, you know, sort of go through a few of them and go a bit deep in a few of them, but, like, fully comprehend and understand what's happening in any of these layers is, I feel, like, impossible, and only, only the Cohen brothers can really do that. I don't
0: even think they could, to be
1: honest. <laughs> I mean, possibly. You know, there's two of them. Maybe, like, only... Like, maybe if you take just one of the brothers, they also can not do it. Maybe they can actually do it also, just, like, the two of them together. I, I have no clue, but... The movie, I mean, I want to start it off, just what do, you, what do you think the movie is about? What's your perception of the movie? Um,
0: I want to say the movie is sort of about, um, mm. see, there's a lot of things I could think it's about, but like, I don't want to say nihilism, but I don't want to say, you know, not going with the flow, you know, if I had to say, I would be being, I would say being stuck in the past. Um, the way I see the way I see it is um, everyone. A lot of characters in this movie are stuck in some sort of era or some sort of place. Um, you have the dude who's stuck in the flower petal '60s. You know, stop Vietnam, bro. Just like you know, make love, not war, like really 60s flower petal love, right? And then you have Walter who's stuck in Vietnam for some reason. You have uh, you have uh, you have the big Lebowski who's stuck in a good old capitalism, uh, you know, like uh, like old, like stereotypical America, you know, like 50s. Like, I come home, I make good money, my wife cooks, works, does nothing, you know, that's where he's stuck in. And I feel like you know Donny. You know he's stuck in a coffee can, unfortunately. And then you have um, what's that? Uh, what's that guy? Uh, Tortura, that uh, the the pornographer guy. He's stuck in the sort of like uh, uh, like this old, like uh, you know, classic pornography. You know, where everything is just you know, men have sex with women. Not all this you know, free, uh, you know, this free expression of sex and stuff like that. If I had to say, that would be, like, the farthest reach of what I could go for, like, what everyone is stuck in. I mean,
1: for me, this movie is very... Actually, not this movie, just this movie, but the Coen brothers in general, like, they're I feel like they're the most, for me, they're the most American filmmakers there are. Like, I feel like they have almost no European influence. I mean, of course they do, like, of course, but... It's very hard to notice and I feel like they those these two guys are really like American movie makers and I feel like this movie um, on top of all of them are is very much about like American like I guess the American dream in a sense also you know because we talked we talked about the American dream in fight club and well it's hard I mean it's hard to see at first but the two movies are pretty connected you know we talked about nihilism in fight club and um it's This movie is about, I feel like it's kind of about the American dream and it's just about like the different layers of, you know, getting it. Because as you said, and I, I, I guess I do agree that it is like being stuck in the past, you know, because we have the dude who's just the stoner guy. You know, I feel like all of us have this one friend that's like the dude, you know, this just stoner guy who just does absolutely nothing. But he's happy with his life, you know, he's like... When he was starting at the start of the movie, when he's going about all this crap and he's just going through all of this trouble without any reason. The only thing he's actually concerned about is his rug. Because that's how little he needs in life. You know, he it's not like he's in it for the money or he wants, you know, insurance money. No, he just wants his rug back. Like, that's how little he needs. It really, t- it really tied the room together. And... And then there's you know all these different versions of the american dream for these guys you know as you said yeah walter he's this vietnam veteran obviously always mentioning vietnam and like the amendments and freedom and so i mean there's a bunch of americans like that and um then there's obviously the big lebowski who um who is as you said yeah this capitalist guy you know it's just all these different layers of the american dream And then there's these nihilists in the middle of it all, which, you know, which I guess isn't really a version of the American dream. Although from the other point of view, um, uh, the dude is kind of a nihilist himself. So, yeah, for me, but I do agree with you. It is being stuck in the past. It is being stuck in, you know, the American dream, which is a pretty outdated ideology, I guess.
0: Being a nihilist must be tiring. I mean, we t- we talk about nihilism a lot on this podcast, don't we? Huh.
1: <laughs> we have mentioned nihilism a lot. It's it's kind of kind of interesting that we've only like come to the Big Lebowski only
0: now. <laughs> <laughs> um, the the way I see this movie is sort of I, I don't think like uh, the dude is more a nihilist. I think he's just. He's very content with how he lives his life, you know, it's not that he doesn't care about anything. It's just if his life, like if you asked a dude what he could have in his life right now, he would probably just say a white Russian. Yeah.
1: Which also I want to, I want to just jump in real quick. I don't understand how people drink white Russians. I feel like that's so gross. Vodka with milk. I've never had the, uh, uh, no, I mean neither. but (laughs) I don't understand it. I just feel so gross, but okay. I'm sorry. Continue your point (laughs)
0: no 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 it's a good thing yeah like he drinks a lot of it to be fair he
1: drinks a lot of white Russians (laughs) that's true
0: but like he's very content with how he's living his life you know It's, it's not a bad thing but it's not a good thing to say you know he doesn't want anything but he doesn't need anything else you know He's very content with how he's living his life. And, you know, some people see him being unemployed as, like, a bad thing. But the dude just sees it as him living his best life, you know? He plays bowling, which is... Okay, I'm gonna talk about bowling later. He plays bowling, and then he drinks white Russians, and then somehow he gets tied into one of the most confusing detective mysteries of the entire 20th century. (laughs)
1: Yeah, which ends up being so, like, it's not even in a bad way, but it ends up being so anticlimactic. Like, it's, <laughs> it's not, just... it's, it's so funny. It ends up being absolutely nothing. Like, the whole movie, again, I, I just, I can't stress this enough. I mean, the movie is about nihilism and mo- the movie is about nothing. Absolutely nothing. Which, to me, is so ironic. Like, it's actually about nothing, you know? Because there's all these storylines develop and none of them actually end up meaning anything, you know? Because we have all these wacky characters. We have, you know, the dude and him going about. And then we have the big Lebowski. Then we have Maude, who, like, is a very eccentric character. Lover, absolute lover in the movie. Like, she's, like... she She's just also going around doing all these weird things. Then we have the nihilist German gang going around. And a bunch of different hitmen. Then there's the pornography director. What's his name? Treehorn or whatever. And, um... I mean yeah it's just it's just all these different all these different storylines that end up meaning nothing you know in the end it's just in the end donnie dies and that's the thing that actually matters
0: i guess but to be fair the entire thing like at the end of every scene what happens every scene what happens the dude the dude like all right the dude botches up a hostage nabber walter ah fuck it let's go play some bowling (laughs) <laughs> what, what what happens what happens when you get punched in the jaw and someone stole his rug yeah fuck it let's go bowling like the movie starts by the dude doing absolutely nothing continues with him doing absolutely nothing ends with him doing absolutely nothing minus a best friend it, it is i yeah i can't I, I don't think i could properly describe it enough like it's just it's a movie about nihilism and the movie is also about nothing. Yeah. No, but actually, now that I mentioned it before, I
1: guess the movie does end up, like, end on, you know, Donnie dying. And I guess that is actually the only thing that matters in the whole movie. Like, that's the only actually important thing that has happened in the whole movie. Like, everything else has been absolutely meaningless. Because all the money talk, you know, like, if you, if you don't, if you look at it, like, from actually objectively You know, there's the the main storyline is about the whole detective mystery, and that's about the money. But there was no money in the first place. So that makes the whole thing absolutely meaningless, because let's be honest, you know, without money, there's no meaning other than life, which is taken from Donnie. So I guess Donnie is literally the only only thing that matters, which is kind of sad now that I think of it, because Walter always makes him shut the fuck up, which is really funny. I know.
0: It's so mean. It's so funny. Also... What
1: was that eulogy? Which eulogy?
0: <laughs> the one Walter mm. gave. is just a rant about <laughs> Vietnam. I mean,
1: isn't that all, all of his lines, though? Like, that's, what, that's the thing. I mean, like, I feel like there's a bunch of Americans that we're, were in Vietnam. And, you know, they're good soldiers and they're veterans and they're good people and everything. But they just always somehow end up ranting about Nam Nam. It's just, and it always, you know, Fortunate Son always, like, ends up playing in the background or something. <laughs> <laughs> uh, at le- wait, wait, wait. At least the dude kept his credence tapes. That's, That's important for us. That's true. That is very, very, like, I mean, if we're talking about it, let's just get it out of the way. I mean, I feel like I've said it on every episode with all the movies we pick, the soundtrack, so good. Again. Such a good soundtrack. <laughs> it's amazing. I, I mean, I w- I finished the movie like an hour ago, and I've been for the last thirty minutes. I've been listening to ju- just dropped in to see what condition my condition was in. I love that song. It's so good. Oh, <laughs> uh, it's um, yeah, yeah. I just wanted to get it out of the, out of the way real quick because the
0: oh my god, what's that? What's that one song? Oh my god, Hotel California. Oh yeah, the,
1: the Spanish, the Latino version of Hotel. Yeah, 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 yeah Jesus yeah. is uh, bowling. <laughs> no 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 jesus. jesus jesus uh no
0: no no you don't fuck with don't jesus fuck with
1: jesus no that's it's so good <laughs> but yeah i mean back to my point it's donnie the movie's about donnie
0: i would if i had hmm. with i don't think i'd have to agree with your point donnie donnie plays about as much as a role as like the Tumbleweed, you know, and I feel like the Tumbleweed is actually a good analogy for this movie. It just moseys on, just going about, meaning nothing, going nowhere. I
1: mean, the dude is the the dude is the Tumbleweed, though. He's just like slowly rolling around. And of course, the movie is about the dude. That's, you know, that's not really what I meant before that the movie's about Donnie. but the movie is about the dude. And he's the Tumbleweed, of course, rolling around, you know, just in the slow manner, always. Always just uh, being very chill, you know, never really getting out of hand. No, no, of course. No, I, I I, mean, don't get me wrong. The movie is about the dude who is the tumbleweed in the beginning of the movie. I just feel like Donnie was the actually like the only thing that mattered. I could say
0: so. that. Yeah, I could agree with that. But oh my God. Oh my God. That, speaking of the tumbleweed, in the beginning, that narration, I don't know why, but I just felt so calm and relaxed with that nice Southern accent just... Like telling me like there's a dude, and then there's a man. <laughs> I don't know. It just it just felt really nice. And like that, ca- and and like at the end as well when we're greeted off saying and that's the end of it. The dude abides, and and I feel like that sentiment, that sentiment is just so it's so accurate in the way the movie goes. Like nothing. All right, he gets involved in a complicated murder mystery. He goes to he gets kidnapped. He uh, not, not she like you know the wife gets kidnapped. He's called by like this big guy he gets a, 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 a huge mystery his rug gets stolen again he he goes yeah exactly he goes to a he goes to a, a warehouse a flying naked woman comes out of nowhere just it's just it's just everything and nothing happens and speaking of Maude, she is an interesting character
1: <laughs> she is a really she's she's like she's definitely one of my favorites in the movie you know she's just crazy she, she, is, she is really crazy. I, I You know, she's... The, the, the whole British thing kind of accent she has and then the whole, you know, the way she talks and the way, you know, she just like... Oh, she speaks in this very complicated manner. No, definitely one of my favorites. Definitely one of my favorites in the movie.
0: Here's the thing, though. Here's the thing you might find pretty funny. I was actually drinking water at the same time the dude was drinking a white Russian and then she's like, I'm trying to help conceive and then I actually just spit my water out. What?
1: <laughs> oh, no, that was just perfect. That was... This movie, yeah, I mean, it just takes, it just twists and turns and you just never know what to expect. And that's, uh, and that's the Coen brothers, you know, for you. I mean, then there's all the weird, uh, like montages, montages and the, and like the, what was like, the, what was the gutter ball or uh, just what? Like, how, why,
0: what? Why was Saddam Hussein there?
1: <laughs> I, I, I have no, I have no clue. It was just. I mean, wow, that was something that was something, I mean, the way we were were even introduced with Maud, her just flying down the room painting, absolutely naked, of course. Yeah. I mean, that's that's how you that's how you introduce a character. You know, you can introduce a character like you introduce the dude in this very, you know, you have the narrator and you have this very, you know, kind of dramatic, but also this calm way. Of introducing this legendary character and then you have Maude, you know, just flying in. Literally. And then she
0: just starts talking about vaginas for no apparent reason.
1: <laughs> about sex, of course. You know, it's a very, it's a very Maude thing. It's a very, Maude Lebowski.
0: Speak, oh my god. What What's really interesting to me is how this movie created, like, a religion of some sorts. Do you, you know, dudeism?
1: I mean, I, I can see, I can see how that can be a thing, you know. I, I can very It is a thing. It's how like how people follow is,
0: this religiously. Yeah. Imagine like Buddhism, but with a lot more weed. Yeah,
1: of course. That's literally how I imagined it. You know, I have not actually heard of this, but it makes a lot of sense because, I mean, I feel like a lot of people are following Dudism without them even knowing
0: yeah. It. It, it. Yeah, it's, it, it's just, that's it. It's just, you know, it was made like in like the 2000s. And then it's just belief. It's just like based on this belief that like, Uh, it's just going with the flow be like take it easy pacifism that's it it's just they literally took the dude's way of life and turned it into a religion this confuses me and interests me and god i love movies i mean it actually it doesn't confuse me as i'm saying like a lot of people just live like
1: that and they don't even like know it that they're following this you know quote unquote the dudism because it's just like it's just what a lot of people how how a lot of people live because for a lot of people you don't need a lot and, you know, we, I mean, now, nowadays it's more and more accepted that people just have to, you know, find their own happiness and, you know, their own healthy mental state of mind. And, but I mean, yeah, like the American dream is no more. Because, you know, of of course, most of the people like go around, you know, trying to build a successful career and whatnot and earn a lot of money. But there will always be these type of dudes that just, you know, Find their happiness in living peacefully very very uh very humbly and um yeah i mean you, you can't really blame them as long as they don't bring any harm
0: why not you know you know what the one thing i don't like about the american dream is the way most people see it the most people see the american dream as life liberty and happiness you know but the actual phrasing is life liberty and the pursuit of happiness the American dream is you chasing happiness. That's why you work a nine-to-five, buy things, buy a car, buy this, buy that. You do these things so that you can become happy. And then most people see the dude as a sort of, uh, you know, critique on the American dream, you know? He doesn't have a nine-to-five. His apartment's small. He doesn't, you know, he's he's fat. He's overweight. Uh, he do, he's never had an ex you know, no kids, nothing, and then and most people see that as like uh, he's not living the American dream. He's miserable. Well, actually, the dude's having his own pursuit of happiness. You know, he's living his life. He's free from the obligations of a job, uh, a wife, kids. Uh, the only thing he's obligated is just to go to his landlord's reception.
1: I mean, but that's that's that's, that's it. coming back to my point. Yeah, and earlier that it's just. Like the, the movie is different versions of the American dream, because for the dude, for the dude, that is the American dream. He has achieved it. I mean, and that's that's a really good point though you made. I really like that point about, you know, the pursuit, like the emphasis on, on the pursuit of happiness. I really like that.
0: That 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 is very true. Everyone's entitled to look for happiness. You don't you're not entitled to happiness. You want it, go chase it. You have that you have that right. And oh my god, the big Lebowski okay are you aware of secretary of defense dick cheney uh yes yes i've seen the movie Vi- vice was it right i think so he looks exactly like dick cheney i cannot unsee that. <laughs> wait
1: i need to google it real quick
0: <laughs> like i just saw it and i'm just like oh my god oh yeah oh i see it god, I, s- I
1: really see it <laughs> wow yeah i really see it you're very very right yeah wow he's like he, he has could've... this very Citizen Kane sort of thing going for him.
0: Oh, yeah, 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 exactly. It, it, it is really, it's really cool. And I love how he's just like this old, like, oh, I, I've accomplished so much. I am rich. I help urban kids. I have the key to the city. My butler is overly enthusiastic. Say, I mean, say what you want, um, though. Say what
1: you want about the Big Lebowski. He is nowhere near Brandt, you know? Brandt, his, his the Brandt, wow, that character, along with Maud, those are like the two unsung heroes of the movie. I love Brandt. Every time he's on the screen, he has just this weird energy, and you never know what he's gonna do. You know, Philip Seymour Hoffman. I mean, rest in peace, legend. He's such he's such a good actor. He oh, is just wow. He's really, really good. You know, he could deliver, like, anything.
0: Yeah. I just feel really awkward whenever he speaks for some reason. Like, it's like he knows what he needs to say, but, like, he never says it properly. He says it always in this, like, this weird, overly enthusiastic manner. And he's, like, he's so constrained by, like, what he has to say and behave properly. No, that
1: is That is very true. You know, he, like... Oh, it's just. I mean, I get what you mean that you do feel awkward. But then again, I feel so like calm with him. He's always like, yeah, you know, that's fine. You know, we can we'll do whatever. And it, at, at the start of the movie, when you know they're talking with Bunny for the first time, and he, she's like, you know, I let I let Brent watch for a hundred, and he just has has this awkward laugh. He's like, ah! you know, and he's uh it's just he's he's so comfort com- comforting, you know. It's it's so good. I love Brand. I that's yeah. That's like my character of the movie. He's just he's he's like he's the complete polar opposite of the Big Lebowski, like the old uh, rich Big Lebowski. It's um, he's
0: nice. He's he's nice, calm. Yeah, apologetic. He never
1: he never he never like trashes the dude. He always respects the dude, and uh, you know. He even calls him the dude. He even calls him the dude. He even respects his nickname. You know, he's like. That that's just epic, you know. Brand Brand is a real bro. Brand like Brand is yeah. just you know he's a homie.
0: Oh my god! Besides Brand, who else did you really like 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 watching on screen? Who else really caught your attention besides Mod and Brand? Who else?
1: I mean Donnie, though. <laughs>
0: <laughs> like
1: I love. <laughs> I love his role in the movie, which is like nothing, you know, apart from my whole previous theory about, you know, him actually being important. He means nothing. He never follows along. It's just like he delivers like in the whole movie, he delivers like two good strikes. And then, and then it's just, I'm, I'm smashing today, guys. And they don't like Walter and the dude, they don't give a shit about him. It's just Walter always shutting him up. It's just, uh, Donnie's just always, there, always, like, not in the zone. Always, like, having no clue about, like, what every anybody's talking about. He's so funny. He's so funny. And, um, but apart from Donnie, also, my just last favorite, like, was the, the Nihilist guys. Yeah. the German- Actually, did you know, I didn't know that one of them was Flea. Wait,
0: from Chili Peppers?
1: No way. Yeah. Yeah. I only knew I only knew the 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 nihil- the first nihilist we see in the pool, which was uh, who played Oh my god, it is Prison Break, because that's one of the that's one of the one series I've seen. <laughs> but yeah, no, that's the only guy I knew. But then I was watching the credits and it said Flee, and then I was like, Where what? And then I was like, Oh, he was actually one of the nihilists, and I completely missed that. Yeah, that was interesting. But I like the Nihilists. I like the whole brutal German craftwork thing
0: autobahn <laughs> <laughs> like so when they so speak funny. to me when they speak just like they're just screaming at like the big lebowski walter and Danny. I'll, I'll i just like well like i'm gonna fuck you in the ass i will fuck you give us the money it's just like i was just like i just died laughing because like german people just yelling in american movies i don't know why just always gets me
1: yeah yeah no i mean before the germans get here
0: before the germans
1: I mean, I, it's, just, it's so funny. It's so funny. I Yeah, That those are my favorites, definitely.
0: Also, can we talk about this fact that... Uh, oh, I, I just realized something. Relating back to my point, kind of, that, like, everyone's stuck in the past. Walter is sort of stuck in the past with his wife. I feel like, you know? Because the only reason he's even Jewish... I hope the fact you can't see me doesn't... Uh, like, remove the lack of air quotes I'm showing right now, um, that, that he's Jewish, uh, you know, he's only doing that to get closer with his wife, because he's and, like, he's taking care of the dog to be closer with his wife, and, you know, I feel like he's stuck to his wife, you know, like, he can't accept the fact that, like, it's over, kind of like with Vietnam. He can't accept that it's over, that they lost, and, like, this is, like, I feel like it's further emphasized in, like, the Kuwait War that was, like, taking place during, like, the 1991, 1990 And like, I feel like there was a great example in the movie I saw when, uh, when Walter was smashing up that car, when they thought they found the money, just like, this is what happens when you fuck a stranger in the ass. And then they're just like beating the car. I'm just like, that kind of seems like that's like Walter treating that car, like destroying it is kind of the same of how Iraq invaded Kuwait. And then when the other guy came in and destroyed Walter's car, well, I say Walter's like, the, the dude's car is kind of like how america responded just like oh fuck your car up just like just destroy ev- like no one wins everyone loses i feel like that's like i feel like that was the point of the war you know i don't know i'm stretching a little bit but like that's i found it pretty interesting. no i
1: mean i don't think so though that's a really good point though i really like that because like, walter is a very interesting character you know um, he's that he. You can definitely go deeper with Walters than the dude, because the dude, you you see, you know, the dude has nothing to hide. We see all of the dude in the movie. Uh, we see all of his layers, and because uh, I mean to be completely frank, there's not much to him. Uh, because I mean, let's be honest, he is just a stoner in the end. Like he's a nice guy and everything, but he is just a stoner, you know. But Walter, there is a lot to unpack. There's a lot of, there's like some PTSD, you know, some emotional trauma. Uh, As you said, yeah, being stuck in the past and everything. And then he's in the middle of this kind of, I guess, transition still where he's the soul, this stupid like veteran going about Vietnam all the time. But then he also mentions pacifism and he's like, yeah, I mean, I'm trying to be like calm. And then he whips out a gun and completely, and then he gets angry all the time. It is it is and you know Walter is definitely a really interesting personality and i really like your take cuz i i don't really know where to unpack him but i really liked your um, your approach to to Walter cuz that that that's a really good point about him being jewish and him just trying to you know stay connected to his wife and doing the shabbel, Shabbos. or whatever was it called that's i think Shabbos, it's, i think in english one.
0: it's like sabbath
1: oh okay i don't know yeah that's, no, but that's that's a really good point. That's a really good point.
0: God, this movie... Like, I love the fact that the movie is called The Big Lebowski. Like, it's... I. It does, like... The, the Yeah, like, Big Lebowski is a character, but it's just, like... It's just... I don't know. I just really like the title. I feel like it fits. I don't know why, but I feel like it does. Any thoughts on it?
1: No, I mean... It, it does fit, but it is interesting. But then again, it really does make sense that they didn't call the movie, you know, The Dude... It, they just called it the Big Lebowski. That just makes sense because the dude is the real Big Lebowski because we soon find out that the Big Lebowski is a fraud and like oh, yeah, I could fraud that, yeah. mod. Huh, nice. <laughs> nice one. Because um, he, cause he, cause he, cause he not, didn't actually make anything. So the dude is the real Big Lebowski because at least he has like a personality of some sort. And um, he's, he's not trying to be something he isn't, which is, you know, nice. But yeah, no, no, the movie, uh, I mean, the title fits the movie perfectly. That's... It's it's about The Big Lebowski and the title... A good title is important for the movie to go down as a cult movie and to be remembered. You know, a good title is always a pinnacle of a good movie. You know, because I feel like... I feel like some movies aren't just remembered well enough because of their name. I feel like I actually... I don't mean to, you know, like criticize or like trash, but I feel like No Country for Old Men is a good title, but it's not, a remember, uh, it's not an easy to remember title. And, you know, for such a classic, you know, Coen Brother classic, uh, it's uh, I feel like the title never stuck with me, you know, just to give like an example of a, maybe a worse title. It's uh, you can disagree with me, but I feel like The Big Lebowski is such a memorable And such a classic title and then no country for old men doesn't really stick stick with you that well.
0: Yeah, I have to agree. And I think another thing that makes like uh, a good uh, cult movie is like memorable quotes. Like you have Fight Club. What's the first rule of Fight Club? Don't talk about Fight Club. What's the second rule of Fight Club? Stop talking about Fight Club. Like, I feel like mm, if I had to pick one of my favorite quotes for this movie it would be uh oh, what did it was something walter said when he was gonna pull out a gun oh he said like this is not nam this is bowling there are rules <laughs> <laughs> no that's it's, it's you're entering a world of pain <laughs> oh yeah. you're entering a world of pain
1: no for me it's just it ties the room together yeah because <laughs> yeah.
0: or um uh, oh what, what's this one uh it's like it's another one walter said i love walter's quotes because it's just they're all so funny and stupid it's like this is what happens when you fuck a stranger in the ass larry no of course it's
1: no i mean for me the quote i mean walter you were talking about walter's quote it has to be shut the fuck up donnie
0: (laughs) that's a good
1: one (laughs) i mean come on that's all i feel like i feel like i'm i'm that guy I'm I'm sorry all of my friends you know I feel like I'm that guy often just like without a reason just shuts people up although I should be the one who should be shut up
0: I once entered film class and you literally just yelled across the classroom to tell me to shut the fuck up
1: (laughs) that sounds like me (laughs) see I'm Walter at least at least you can be thankful I'm not mentioning Vietnam every second sentence you know that would be annoying if I die please don't put
0: me in a coffee can (laughs)
1: <laughs> and then give it give a really shitty eul- eulogy uh just like and then throw you on in the sea yeah but i feel like at the end we'll there at
0: the end of that eulogy i feel like the dude started to lose his cool a little bit like he pushed walter and he was screaming at him like what the fuck walter this isn't numb why is everything numb with you
1: that's the thing though that, that's the thing i feel like for the dude a lot of things go like a full circle he repeats a lot of people's quotes you know because he was also like in the uh in the I mean the movie starts with you know where's the money Lebowski and then in the end he he's the one saying where's the money Lebowski and then he's also yeah this you know saying like to Walter Walter says this isn't Nam this is bowling and then in the end dude says this isn't Nam for him a lot of things go full circle I feel like I feel like in the end you know his life actually has gone sort of a full circle and then um a lot of things, yeah, have solved themselves, and then in the end, you know, the narrator says, you know, because there's a little Lebowski on the way, and that's, like, sort of the next circle for me. It's it's like a good, it's like a good, healthy cycle. But,
0: you know, you say everything, like, went full circle. The one thing I feel that went unsolved, like, this may just mean me, what was up with that porn per, por, pornographer guy? What was up with that?
1: I mean, he was just, I mean, yeah, that, that, that was a weird storyline. I guess, I guess, he just, yeah. He was trying to be Hugh Hefner. He was. I but, guess that, that also never made full sense to me. It did fit in in the whole Coen brother movie uh, universe. But uh, coming from like a traditional storytelling sort of thing. Yeah, I guess it didn't make full sense. Because uh, yeah, now that I think of it, why was it there? You know, it didn't really like give much to the story.
0: But at the same time, that's the whole point of the movie.
1: I guess so. I guess so. Yeah.
0: That's what was true. up with that drawing? I was I'm still confused. Like I still replay that scene in my mind just like what was up with that drawing? What I was up with that drawing?
1: I, w- I want to know so bad, you know. I this is one of the movies where I really really want I mean, it's okay, I can say this about any movie to you you want to speak with, you know, the creators of the movie and to actually hear what they had in mind. But here, you know, you just actually really want to understand what they had in mind cuz it's just
0: it's just so hard to grasp. He he drew a poorly drawn man with an erect penis, like he was writing down an address from the phone. Uh, yeah, it, it's. Is I, this I, a I don't map? Get it. It's
1: just it's, the whole thing. Is it the whole thing? Is a trip, you know? Because that's also when the the whole sequence of him getting drugged happens, and the whole gutter ball or whatever. It's just so weird, so trippy. It's very got very psychedelic at that one point.
0: Um, he did turn into a bowling ball and went through like in between 30 people's legs. So, yeah, you could say psychedelic.
1: <laughs> I mean, yeah. Plus, I mean, the song, you know, just dropped in. You know, that was... It, it's it's pretty psychedelic. It, it has this sort of... It is rocky, but it also, yes, has this psychedelic vibe to it. If we're, if we're going back to the soundtrack of the movie. But no, yeah. I mean, the whole sequence... But still, I kind of want to just, like, maybe still, like, end up saying that it didn't really deliver much, even to the whole nihilism story. I feel like I just... I don't really fully grasp what it gave but that just might be me you know that's just like cuz the Cohen brothers you know they are a level above
0: yeah. They, I think they might have gotten high while writing this to be
1: honest I mean probably although they don't seem like the guys who would do that I feel like they're just actually like really weird guys which I really respect you know
0: yeah uh, to, to to be fair could you make this movie being normal
1: no, of course not. I mean, the Corn Brothers. They, yeah, they just they make. I feel like they make really good characters. They make really
0: really. They good do. Characters. They make great characters. Like, like the remember they makes two.
1: Yeah, they make like really good. You know, characters that often don't have a lot. Like they, they don't make the smartest characters or like the the most. You know, talented. They make the like the complete opposite. The stupidest but in like a good, like healthy way.
0: Yeah. Like it doesn't like, they all like, they all serve their purpose, you know?
1: Yeah, exactly. It's like, no, very much so, you know, they, they make these really, really good characters that are just so memorable, so different, so unique. So like out, like like these really good outcasts. Yeah. It's really interesting.
0: Yeah. And like, you know, I love how they like a lot of their movies just kind of critique the way like society and America is at that period. And I really like how they took like, I'd never seen another movie about like set in like the Kuwait war. Like yeah, I've seen like set in those times, but I've never seen one like actually discuss it. You know.
1: No, that's that's because like I mean, but they're they're drawing quite kind of a good line to, connection to Vietnam again. I guess you know because yeah. Walter has wants to make his whole point about Vietnam, and I guess you know uh, he compares it at one, at one point to Kuwait, and but that no that that is interesting. That's that's for sure.
0: But what I also feel like is... Maybe this is a bit of a stretch in personal opinion. But I feel like that war also kind of was very... Like, tied into the nihilism thing. Because at the end, it was just kind of pretty meaningless. And only led to, like, nothing.
1: I mean, a lot... I mean, wars wars lead to something. But they are meaningless. Because that's that's the whole... Like, it just... It defeats the whole purpose of humanity. There's just humans killing each other. You know, that is... I guess from that point of view war is nihilism. But um I mean war is war and it's just going to be there unfortunately. I mean hopefully not. But uh doesn't doesn't you know it doesn't seem like it knowing uh knowing humans and knowing people cuz um I mean yeah humans uh, do like war. And um but no I do agree that Kuwait was more like definitely one of the more meaningless <laughs> meaningless wars. I mean, not, probably not in Walter's mind, you know, he probably got, is probably really upset. I mean, you should tell Walter that war is nihilism, you know. He would uh, be yes. so upset. He would get so upset. You... Yeah, you happen to know where John Goodman lives. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I was watching the movie and I remembered that John Goodman was uh, considered for Forrest Gump. And I see it really yeah, the only problem I have is the running part because he is on the heavier side (laughs) I'm sorry John Goodman if you're if you're hearing this, you know, I'm really sorry (laughs) I'm a huge fan, but I mean I see it. He could he could be a good Forrest Gump But definitely hard on the running side. Yeah
0: Yeah, so when you were talking about the overweight thing that got me thinking, you know, this movie doesn't exactly present the uh, healthiest of men Let's
1: say no, but it's very realistic in that sense again coming going back to the yeah. whole American, you know American Americans do have this problem and this movie what it does is gives really realistic Americans like really like actually like guys like these, you know, okay, these guys do have like very vivid and sad, like just vibrant personalities, but there are definitely guys that have very similar personalities and you know ways of living in America, lots of them. Um, uh, all over the U S cause this is, this is a movie set in LA, but it could be set pretty much anywhere. The, it's not a very LA movie. It's, I mean, obviously in LA, there's more of the dudes. Um, cause it's a, it's kind of, you know, the lifestyle there for poor, um, lower class, uh, white guys, not just white guys, but mostly white guys. But, um, definitely all over the U S there's a lot of these guys, not just in LA, and um, that's, again, I feel like the Coen brothers have a really good sense of the U.S. And, I mean, their movies have been all over, you know, because uh, No Country uh, for Old Men it was, like, more also, like, in the middle of the U.S. And then Fargo was Minnesota, Minnesota, <laughs> Minnesota. And then Oh Brother, where Arto was also the southern, you know, very, very southern country music-like And, um, yeah, the Coen brothers, they, they're really, they have this really American thing going for them.
0: And I really like what I love about like the Coen brothers is they never like typically with American movies. You see them kind of whitewash their own characters somehow, you know, like they whitewash Americans, you know, like that's how that's how we ended up with the stereotypical 60s bully in the letterman jacket and the muscle car. And then we get like these perfect like heroes and heroines, you know, everyone's got like a six pack somehow. And, you know, they're all great human beings. And I like how the Conan brothers and some several other filmmakers, what they do is they actually show like what America's really like, you know, they give you the good and mostly uh, yeah, mostly the bad. No,
1: that is very true. Yeah, that's 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 a good value for the Coen brothers, really.
0: Uh, yeah, they are great filmmakers. I'd have to rank them at least top five.
1: Let's hear how you rank them regarding this movie, because let's just wrap this up. And I want to hear, starting with you, how you rate this movie in a scale from 1 to 35. Go.
0: Hmm... See, this movie has stuck with me a lot because I'm still confused to this day about a lot. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I get get it. (laughs) But it is one of my favorite movies, you know, and there's a lot to unpack in it. And, you know, when you try to unpack it, there's too much. But at the same time, there's not enough to unpack. So it's a really confusing movie that really hurts your head when you try to think about it. If you don't watch this movie leisurely and you try to analyze it, you're going to have a headache. I would say mm, this movie, I would have to say I would give it a 33-32. I'm in between that uh, range. It's a great movie. I love this movie. Conan Brothers, amazing directors, great cast. Story leads nowhere. Perfect for this type. (laughs) Absolutely nailed it. The social critiques the the amount of memorable quotes no, that's in this, they're really amazing. good writers
1: again uh, we talked about we talked about Guy Ritchie in the last in the last episode you know these guys also definitely more, better writers than directors and um, oh 100% yeah for sure
0: oh yeah definitely and you know i had to give this movie like i would i'll go on the higher range i'll give it a 33 i really liked it i don't think there's i can't really find a flaw with it but you know i just feel a little bit unfulfilled you know a little like a little like I don't know what to do from here. I don't know how to feel, but maybe that's the point of the movie. And I don't know. I just have a lot more questions than I have answers, which I feel like that's life. And as you can see, I'm rambling on, trying to find a meaning to this when there is no meaning. Ah!
1: <laughs> no, for me, for me, it's uh, for me, it's a solid thirty two. I mean, it's just I feel like it's it's as you said, it's an amazing movie, and we've talked about how amazing it is in so many different ways. It's just a movie that it's it's hard for me to give much more because. You know, it's, I feel like it is, it's It's what it's supposed to be, you know, it's a chill. It's about, you know, it embraces the dude and it's a very dudey movie Um, in that sense. And it's just a really good movie that I, unfortunately I can't give more because I feel like, as you said, there's not a lot of flaws, but it's just one of those movies that's just not going to be the perfect movie, you know, but it's, um, there's a lot of un- unanswered questions. And um, definitely would love to have you know uh, uh, like a glass of beer over, uh, with the Coen Brothers over this movie, and uh, among uh, many of their other ones. But um, this movie, it's just it's well,
0: a, well. Actually, this would be a good time for us to try White Russian, so we can try it out with them.
1: That's all, or that you know, maybe the maybe they don't even like it themselves. Who knows? But um, the movie, yeah, it's just a cold classic, and it's always gonna be a cold classic. And as you said, so many memorable quotes that. Have just stuck with me throughout the year. and uh, uh, yeah, and um it's it's it, it's a, it's a great right.
0: movie. and we want to thank you guys, everyone for listening in uh, about me and Gustav ranting. I hope you enjoy these. Uh, we should sure enjoy making them. and um in two weeks' time, we will be doing. Gustav hasn't actually told me. So what are we doing, Gustav? We're
1: doing you know we, I really wanted to do something action. And uh, we're doing Frank Miller's Mad Max Fury Road. Yes! Let's just go right in there and get it because that's an awesome movie. I am so excited for just a pure action, um, violent, fun, uh, packed movie full with crazy stuff happening all the time. I'm so excited.
0: I feel like that guy that's on the truck playing, like, the eight, like, eight fretboard guitar. That's how (laughs) awesome I feel, right? I love that movie. Oh, my Uh, God. uh, That I'm happy to hear. Awesome. Okay, see (laughs) you in two weeks, guys. See you, peace.